The following audio is from the Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Good morning. Hope everybody's doing good today. Um, hey, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. If you got a Bible with you, um, we'll, we'll jump into that here momentarily. Uh, I want to say thank you for your flexibility as we navigate construction and parking and all of that stuff. So I appreciate that immensely. I know it's a little different, but it's obviously for a good reason. So continuing to make some progress. Sounds like the footings may be put in for the building here this week. So kind of fun to see as I drive by and check out what's going on and uh, poke your head through the windows if you haven't already and look at, at uh, the progress. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned a couple of weeks ago as we jumped into this series, Get a Life Group, um, that I messed up my countertop when I was trying to replace my faucet. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Nate Butler, who filled out a connect card that Sunday when I shared. And here's what he wrote. Hey, pastor, um, was laughing at your faucet story. I'm a plumber. Give me a call anytime. Uh, Changing faucets since 98. So anyway, um, (laughs) well, shout out to Nate on that one. Uh, Things you wish you knew before. Anyway, so, uh, well, the, the amazing part of that is that that Friday, uh, the countertop's fixed, faucet's working, everything's good. Still to this day, it's good. Um, but the, that same day, my son Hudson goes, hey, dad, could we go fishing? I said, oh, bud, yeah, let's figure that out. Well, we decided the next day, I was like, you know what? Let's go fishing on Saturday. Well, I, I, we bought a boat a few years ago, just a simple pleasure boat, tow around the, the lake and stuff. So Lake Stevens been on there a lot. I've been to Goodwin a couple of times, never been anywhere else with it so far. And so you have a process when you're launching a boat and you know, straps and everything. And um, I, I take it over to the Snohomish River, have never been there, different environment. Things don't go in the same process. So anyways, we get the boat launched. The, the tide was super low. So there was only a little bit of the dock left because the the tides down and um, it, it's me, it's Hudson and Jack, my sons, and then one of Jack's friends and my dad. And we go out and we're going to catch some pinks, catch some salmon, have a great time. Uh, we, like I said, launch the boat, pay for parking, get out, you know, less than a quarter mile from the, from the launch. And <clears throat> my dad's in the back of the boat and he's hooking up the poles and getting things ready. I'm trying to figure out where to drop the anchor. And my dad goes, Hey Nick, what's with all the water? Um, some of you that are familiar with boats know that there's such things as a boat plug. And um, never have I in my life forgot the boat plug until that day. And uh, so now, mind you, where I launched, it's a no-wake zone. And so I all of a sudden panic. I gun it. I'm creating a crazy wake as fast as I can get to the boat launch to try to get my boat out of the water. Um, everybody in their boats that are trying to catch fish and the guys on the dock that are rocking back and forth are yelling profanities at me um, for a good reason. Um, and my son is yelling, he forgot the plug. So um, <clears throat> we get to the dock and because it's small, there was already a boat at the dock. So I can't even get my boat onto or right up at the dock to try to pull the, the boat out of the water. I turn the bilge on. Thank God that works because I've never used it before. And um, I, I decide to just beach the boat. And that's what I kind of do right next to the dock. Well, lo and behold, I remembered I had a boat plug in the glove box of the boat. Um, and so I grab it and I am beside myself and I don't know what to do. And my dad, who raised me fishing and we would go out in the bay all the time, possession, had island, these San Juans, tons of memories of boating, familiar with all this stuff. He goes, give me that. And he takes his coat off and takes his phone out and he literally gets in the water up to his neck and puts the plug in the boat and saves everything. And so um, why do I share that story? First of all, I just want to remind you, I'm an idiot. And so there, there's, 
there's that part of it. Um, but the other part is this, and it has to do with the message today, unfortunately, uh, I guess. But, but it's because there's something about the fact that you and I, yes, we're created for community, which we've been talking about. But the point of today I want to hone in on is this, that you and I need each other's strengths. And I say that in that example because I'm literally trying to figure out what to do. I'm kind of in a panic. My adrenaline is going. I'm picturing like all of us floating in our life jackets, all of our gear all up on the river, the boat going down and everybody going like, look at this guy, you know. And I follow a guy on Instagram called The Qualified Captain and they do all kinds of dumb, they show some dumb boating videos. I'm like, I'm going to be on there. Um, so... Um, at that point, to be honest with you, as much as I hated to watch my 73-year-old father get into freezing cold water up to his neck with his clothes on and put the plug in, I really, really needed his strength in that moment. And, and again, I know I maybe overplay that by saying it again, but, but when we talk about this conversation, there's something about needing the strength of others. And when you look at 1 Corinthians 12, Paul paints a picture for us that I want to walk us through. And while a bunch of what I say today may not be entirely revolutionary, my hope would be that there's a humility in all of our hearts that opens us to needing the strength of others. 1 Corinthians 12 says this. I'm going to start at verse 12 and I'm going to jump to verse 18 through 26. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Verse 18, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Jesus, today, as we pray about this conversation again, even as I said it, it's my prayer that we all have the humility required to take in this conversation and to let it change how we do life. That God, there's some principles, there's some pictures, ideas here that every single one of us in this room needs, whether we understand it or not. So I pray for clarity. I pray for your spirit to convict and to challenge us, God, that we can be as the body of Christ who you've called us to be in Jesus name. Amen. So we jump in here with, with that verse 12 and it says, and there's a lot of repetition, but it says the human body has many parts. And, and again, we're not unfamiliar with that, but, but when he brings it to the spiritual side of the equation, it's understanding within the church, which is not the building, which is not even necessarily the belief system, but the body, the, the, the living people that make up the church, the body of Christ is many parts. And he says, but the many parts make up one body. To function properly, to be a healthy body, all of our parts need to do what they're supposed to do. And we know that. 
Why do we go to the doctor? Why when you you get in a wreck or you have an injury, you got to go and get something fixed because something isn't operating the way that it's supposed to operate. And so to be a healthy body, nothing revolutionary, every part needs to do what it was created to do. The parts function as a whole in order for there to be optimal health. And the truth is in this conversation to hone in on it, it's this, we rely on one another's strengths. In human anatomy, we're pretty well aware that the liver doesn't pump the blood. It might clean it, but it doesn't pump the blood. We we probably know that the stomach cannot think, even though some of you say my stomach has an appetite of its own. Okay. That's not an excuse. But some of us try to play things like that. We know that we have, you know, the five senses that are supposed to operate the correct way, but the hands don't smell. Even if you've ever said to somebody, hey, smell my hands, and that's weird. So let's just keep, uh, let's just keep going. Um, He repeats it in verse 18. I'll come back to 14 through 16 briefly, but um, our bodies have many parts. And then this, and God has put each part just where he wants it. And I want to stop there and pause purposely. There's something about the way that you and I are created and wired by God that we're part of the body of Christ. But the truth is there are some times and ways that you and I live that we're not navigating in our gifting. We're not doing what God has created us to do. Anybody ever tried to navigate life outside of ways that you're gifted? Think about how that works out. It's not such a great picture. In my own life, I've made the joke many times about like, here's what I do and I stand up here and, and, and my goal and my passion, my heart is to teach the Bible. But there are times when there's worship leaders on stage and musicians playing what they're playing where I'm like, I wanna do that. And then I'm reminded that my wife will tell me sometimes that when I'm singing in worship, I change keys accidentally. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, I'm not gifted musically. I'm not gifted to sing. I want to really bad, but in a spiritual sense, God would say this to each of us, stay in your lane. Now, I don't know what it is about my ability to change keys, but here's what used to happen in church world. If you've been in this for any length of time, and maybe this still exists today, there used to be an era where you'd sing a song in a certain key, and then you'd go up a key, and it would be powerful and amazing, and it was awesome. And I'm like, how come that doesn't work for me? Like I change keys and my wife's like, ugh, okay. Now, to her credit, like I married an angel. She sings beautifully, amazingly. She's gifted for worship. In fact, she sings me to sleep every night. Um, no, she, I'm just joking. She does. I, that's a really weird marriage. She doesn't really do that, okay, just to be clear. But she's gifted at doing worship and, and, and that kind of thing. I'm definitely not. And you probably have noticed, you know, the older that you get, you kind of realize how you're wired, how you're gifted. It doesn't mean at times you don't try something else and see, hey, maybe I could do that or, or I've never given it a shot. So maybe there's no sense in like, don't, don't, you could try things, but there does come a point in life where as, as time goes on, you go, I'm not gifted at that or that or that I'm, I'm, this is my lane. And so there's something about, as I kind of take these words of that verse in in 18, God has given you certain gifts and you've got to learn how to stay in the lane of where you're gifted because that's where you excel and that's how you're a blessing 
to the body of Christ. That's how you're a blessing to the world around you. And there's something very important about that principle. God has put each part just where he wants it. Verse 19 says, how strange would it be if, if the body only had one part? And we all, like for me, I, my mind, go, I'm, I'm weird, I'm, I'm dumb, I get it. But like my mind goes to like the cover of Hamburger Helper. Anyone? The cover of Hamburger Helper is like a, a glove hand that's missing a finger for whatever reason, I don't even know, but also like has a face on it and that's the whole thing. That's weird if that were an actual body, right? Some of us think, you know, Monsters, Inc., anyone? Remember like Mike Wazowski, just one big eyeball. If you saw somebody walk in and they were one big eyeball, we would all flee as quickly as we could, honestly. Like the, the cartoon Pixar thing is hilarious. If that walked in here, we'd all be like, out, out, go, go, everyone go. You know, each man for himself, whatever. Um, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. And I skipped verses 14 through 17, but it's basically Paul talking about like, you can't like argue with like, I want to be you and I wish you were that. And this, it doesn't work that way. And, and at, the, at the core, there's no such thing as a one man band. And at, to, to be more specific about saying it that way, one person is never enough. I can't do everything. I don't know everything. I'm not aware of everything and I don't have the solution to everything and neither do you. There is not a person in this room that is self-sufficient on every level because you weren't meant to be. Now, let me rewind for a second and say this. As followers of Christ, which many of us on here are, and we look at scripture and, and we realize that what God did in Jesus was provide a way that you and I could find forgiveness, that you and I have a savior that paid the price that we can find real life in him. You can't work your way into good things. You can't be successful enough or have enough connections. It's about what God has done in Christ. And what we would say then is this, Christ is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And I believe that. And, and where you find life and I find life and salvation is in Christ. If spiritually you're a mess and you don't know where you're at in this whole conversation, Jesus paid the price for all of your sin, all the mistakes you've ever made and ever will make. And you've got to find yourself in a place of surrender. And I believe wholeheartedly that's the best decision you could ever make to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And at the core, when you do that, the Bible says our slate is wiped clean and we get a new beginning. That's a huge, most important decision. Who you marry, big decision. Career, big decision. Where you might live, huge decision. All these things are nothing bigger than what you do with Jesus. Now, as that conversation progresses, let me say this. We would say Jesus is enough. And that's true. But here's the crazy thing that Jesus did. Jesus created us to need one another. So Jesus is enough but if you and I are following Jesus, what we realize is we need other people. We need other people in our lives. It's why I mentioned a couple of Sundays ago, we all have blind spots. The nature of a blind spot is something you're not aware of that could cause problems in your life. That's why you need the wisdom of other people. It's why Ryan said last week, you and I need the, the encouragement of other people. We go through tough stuff. We feel empty and depleted, afraid, full of anxiety. Hey, let me encourage you. You're gonna get through. Hey, let me sit beside you and, 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 and weep together and pray and encourage and, and build each other up. We're called to to do that, but we also need the strength of other people. You're not strong at everything. 
You're strong at some things, but you're not strong at others. And there are other people in this room that are strong where you're not. Oh, if I had only known Nate Butler a few weeks before. I would never have the countertop story. Thank God it's fixed. Verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. It's ridiculous for you and I to think that we don't need others. And yet we bristle at the thought because what I'm saying, and I'm not going to couch it in other terms, is you and I are needy. We all are. We might not want to admit it. We might, but we might, we might not like the feeling of being needy, especially for some of us that have been hurt by people. And we kind of put a wall up and we want to keep people at arm's length and we only let them so close and yet, God created us to need other people. Literally, that verse says, the I can't, can't say to that, I don't need you. Why? Because it needs. The head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Why? Because it needs. In fact, verse 22, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I mentioned before, I realize like I'm up here in my heart and passion to teach and help us understand scripture. And so I get to be the mouth today, right? And, and that, that's fine. But there are so many other parts that are so desperately needed for all of this to be what it's supposed to be. And it isn't about me. And my hope would be that I could fade off into the shadows and it'd be always about Jesus, period. But the fact is, there are people that some of you, before you ever showed up at the Grove Church, whenever that was, you went on the website and was like, what is this even about? And you clicked on videos, or you clicked on who the staff might be, or you clicked on certain events and what do they do, or what are their beliefs, or whatever it is, and you, you did that. Somebody put the website together to help you get a feel for the culture before you ever showed up, and that wasn't me. When you drove onto the lot, the hope is, that we have a parking crew that helps you find a spot to park so it isn't crazy. And especially with the construction and all this stuff, it's a little more challenging. And thank you, by the way, for the grace because it's a little more challenging to find a spot. But people that help you park, find a spot to pull into. That as you get your kids out of the car or whatever, if you got kiddos and stuff, and you, and you make your way towards the building, that somebody can help open a door and, and hand you a connect card and say, hey, welcome to the Grove today. And if you maybe look like you're not sure where to go or you specifically say it's my first time, somebody that's ready to go, oh, you know what? Let me, let me give you the lay of the land real quick. Over here's the kid's wing. You got some kiddos. You could check them in. Somebody will meet you right there. Let me take you there. Or, or somebody will say, hey, there, there, there's the bathrooms are around the corner. Here's the auditorium or, or, or here's the coffee people. Thank God for the coffee people, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lord, people can do that because I don't know how. Anyway, um, but, but again, all of those experiences, why? They all matter. Because if you tried to show up and you got here today and you couldn't find a spot and you drove around and around, you got in here late and you're flustered and there was nobody to welcome you and you didn't know how to get your kids checked in and you're not sure which way to go and, and you, know, you walk in and everything's off, or whatever, and you sit down, how open is your heart to receive the, the message? Not nearly as much as if each part did what it was called to do because all those parts matter for a team to, to, to musically do what they do, for, for different camera stuff, for some people that do online stuff to do what they do, 
for things to show up on a screen. I didn't create that. All of it is because all of the parts of the body have to function for this to work. I just get up and yell at people. The rest of it, everyone else gets to do. All the parts, Paul says, are necessary. We need each other. And there's all kinds of examples from tutoring that launched this week. Free tutoring every Wednesday for, for students that are struggling in school and just need some help. It's four to six every Wednesday here. Different subjects. Bring your kiddos. If you got kiddos you know in the community that are struggling, let them know. The neighborhood. A couple weeks ago, I went down to the kitchen just to see what they did. And they're getting everything ready and covering it, making sure it's nice and hot and getting putting vehicles to haul over to the historical society to put on what we call the neighborhood. Every Tuesday, two dinners. 5.30 and 6.45. I should know this. Okay, thanks, Megan. She leads it, so she knows. Um, but again, all these people that make that happen so people can experience community in a different way. There's, all, there's so many things that happen that have to do with every part is necessary for the body of Christ. And then he says, the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. And we get lost in this, like, well, what does he mean? Is he talking about like the outfits and all that stuff? And, and, and let, let me just try to say it this way. In some ways, he's still talking about the body. And what he's saying is this, there are certain parts that, that, that shouldn't be visible or that wouldn't be good. And it's not meant to be an insult to anybody, but like if you right now could see my liver, we would have some problems, right? Like if I'm looking at my brain sticking out, you're like, hey, that's kind of cool. That's my brain. Like that would not be good, right? There, there's a skull that covers it and protects it because there's a lot going on. I mean, less in my head than some of yours. There's some, some stuff going on anyways, okay? There, there, there's like the rib cage that covers vital organs that don't get squished. It's, it's human and there's skin that covers and muscles and all this stuff. It, it, it protects and covers intentionally. And then there's the outer parts, the fingers and eyeballs, all that stuff that are exposed and they don't need that kind of covering and care because they're out there and that's how they're created to be. Paul says all of these parts are what should function in a healthy way, some visible, some not visible, but they all do need some care. I, I love Eugene Peterson, pastor. He passed away a few years ago. I, I appreciate him immensely, read his biography, but he wrote, uh, he translated the Bible into what we today call the message version. It's, it's a loose translation, but the reason he did it was for his church to understand in, in modern language, back in like Pennsylvania, the Bible. And, and I want to read his, his uh, take on these verses because I love how he says it. And there's a little humor involved, but it says this. I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we have is only is one body with many parts and each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine, and I love how he gives them characters. Can you imagine I telling hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic, therefore the more necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the parts are visible or clothed, higher or lower. 
You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. And then this, if anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. And the last sentence is funny. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? And I, some of you are like, no. And, and we call that vanity. Okay, so um, I, I just, I think it's funny how that's put. But I, again, the, the last couple of verses, back to, uh, this is not the message. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. And the point Paul makes is this, every part matters. Every part matters. This makes, and here's the picture, this makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored or is rejoicing, every part celebrates with it. The result of living in an interconnectedness is that picture of harmony among the body and proper care for each other. The truth is, you and I need the strength of others. There are times where you are weak and that's okay because others are strong. And there are times where you are strong and that's good because others are weak. And it's a give and take and it always will be and always should be because you're not the answer to everything about community within yourself. I know I've already said it, but, but that's the epitome of the conversation. You and I need the fortitude of others. I know it's a, a silly example, but as I'm checking out the boat situation, my dad takes charge because he's done boating for long enough to go, I got this. And he could tell I was a mess in the moment and I needed what he could provide in that moment. And it was humbling to watch him get down into the water, freezing cold and do what he did, but he saved my bacon and I needed it. I've used the puzzle idea before as I talk about, I love the journey in Jesus because it's kind of like that 100,000 piece puzzle that over a lifetime, you're putting pieces together. And, and every now and then you step back and take a look and you see some of the picture coming together. And as time goes on more and more, that's the case if you're walking that journey right. In a different way, let me say this about kind of the puzzle idea. You and I are only a piece or two of the puzzle of our lives but the interconnectedness with others means that there are other pieces of your puzzle. I, I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but I'll say it again. There are individuals in this room that you don't know today, but if you build community the way that you're supposed to, God will bring into your life and they'll be the solution to where you're weak. And you can lean on their strength and you need them. And I already said before, I know nobody likes to feel needy, but the truth is we all are. And that's okay. That for you and I in the places we're strong, great, let me be strong for you. And where you're strong and I'm not so much, you can be strong for me. And that's the way that it's supposed to be with the body of Christ. Do you lean on other people? We talked about the wisdom of others. Last week, Ryan talked about the, the encouragement of others. And today we talk about the strength, the fortitude of others. And sometimes it's a physical strength. 
Hey, I need a couch move from downstairs, upstairs in my house and I could use some help. And I love how in my example to a life group, like being in a life group, I could put it out on our, on our life group uh, chat and, and it's amazing. Hey, let's figure out a date and get that done. Cool, we'll be there. And that's an easy one. But I also know that within our life group chat, there's conversations about, hey, I got this coming up. Could you pray with me? Because I'm gonna meet with the doctor and hey, yeah, we're praying with you about that. Or somebody in our life group this last season that their family went through something crazy devastating and they put it out there humbly. Hey, we're going through this stuff. Could you guys just, just be there? We'll pray and support and encourage yeah, Absolutely. And we have. And it's a beautiful picture of how in their weakness, we could rally around them and be strong. Sometimes it's a meal train. Sometimes it's just going, hey, let's, let's go grab a coffee. Sometimes it's, hey, could you be my prayer support and write it on your prayer list and pray with me. Sometimes it's, can you help me move a couch? But in whatever facet it takes place, the truth is you and I need the strength of other people. And that's the way God intended it. Jesus is enough, but Jesus creates a world where you and I are the body of Christ together and we're meant to need one another. And as you walk out that humility that God wants in us and we open our hearts to relationship with others, we begin to see where their puzzle piece can fit into ours. And it's a beautiful picture of the body of Christ that Paul describes here. Who goes to battle with you? to support and encourage you? Who assists you? Who helps you keep your head on straight when you're losing it? Who's your prayer warrior? Or somebody who knows they can lean into some scripture and give it to you because you're feeling all the weakness spiritually. I know I mentioned our life group, but I, I, I love the people in our group. And we've had a great time getting to know one another. Some of them really knew this last season got another couple that are going to jump in here this fall with our group and, and I'm looking forward to it. But I will say, as I look at over the years, it's amazing how we've relied on each other. In fact, we were, I, you might have saw that we were, uh, Heather and I were in Vegas a couple Thursdays ago. We left for Vegas for the weekend. Why? Because some people in our life group said, hey, we're, I'm looking to create a trip. It was, uh, the, the wife said, hey, my husband's turning 40 this fall. This was nine months ago. Turning 40 this fall. I would love to, to do a trip. Would you guys want to go? And we're like, sure, let us know what's up. And she's like, hey, we're going to do Vegas. And, and you guys want to go? Here's the dates. And we worked it out. 5 a.m. two Thursdays ago, his garage door opens and we're all standing out in front of his garage and we yell happy birthday. And he's messed up. Like, what in the world's going on here? And his wife goes, got a bag packed for you. We're heading to the airport. And we had a great time celebrating his 40th birthday. And what happens in Vegas? No, I'm just joking. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. No, honestly, you can follow me around and we had a great time. It was, it was a lot of fun. But the whole thing came about because they dialed into our life group and we've got to know them really well. That picture of community, that picture of being connected, that picture of belonging from encouragement and celebration to support and wisdom to the strength of others. God created each of us to need that. Not just from him, he's enough, but he creates us for other people. What does that look like in your world? How would some of the trials that you've faced the last week or month or year look different if you leaned into the strength of other people? And there's something about 
for you and I, something about our ability to be strong for others. And we love to give and serve and help others, but there's something about some of us that we're stubborn and we don't want to need other people. We don't want to have to ask for help. And yet my hope would be in our humility, that stuff can be broken because God designed us to be in community as the body. Jesus, I pray for all of us to understand on a deeper level what you're doing as you continue through your Holy Spirit in these moments to challenge us, to open our hearts, God, to move us along in a journey of, yes, needing the wisdom of others and the encouragement of others, of needing the strength of other people. And sometimes it's the brute force of moving furniture. And sometimes it's the, the, the spiritual force of moving mountains, God, as we deal with anxiety or fear or dread. Or God, we just need the prayer support in, in, in times where things seem incredibly hard. God, there's all kinds of examples, but I pray you would open every heart in this room to the reality of our need for one another. And I pray it would move us along in maturity as we connect with other people. Deal with the wounds, the hurt that keeps us sometimes at bay. I pray for so many, God, to take steps in the community as we launch life groups coming up, God, to build those bridges and to see some of those puzzle pieces come into play in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.